Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Great. We're in a series that who knows how long it's going to go for. Uh, I know at least another couple of Sundays on Called and Chosen. You know, for some people, Called and Chosen really becomes like an arrival point or a destination. It's almost like somehow rather in the Christian mentality, you know, it's like, okay, now I'm saved. Now I know I'm called. Now I know that I'm on His team. I've made it. Praise God. And so some people get into the point then of going, great, now I stop and I relax. But if you've ever been a part of a team where there was a coach and where there was training involved, you would know that getting selected for the team is not the destination, it's merely the beginning of all the hard work from there on. That really getting selected for the team, getting chosen, is now where the real hard work gets to start. And the Apostle Paul was no different to that. He saw his called and chosen quite differently from having arrived. This is what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. If you're at Metro Church, uh, dot online, click on the notes tab and you'll be able to see that there. And indeed, all the headlines that I'm going to give everyone. But 1 Corinthians 9, 24 says this. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but one person gets the prize, so run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we are doing it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. The Apostle Paul likens the beginning of your Christian life to the beginning of a great race. And he starts off by saying, my attitude, my mentality to the Christian life is that I'm going to run to win. So let me give you some lessons that I think apply to every one of us. This is my 46th year, believe it or not. I know as I got my hair cut this week and the lady said, what do you think of it? And I said, my dear, I'll tell you what I say every time. You are so amazing. The only way to do this better would be plastic surgery. And her and all the other clients in the salon all had a bit of a laugh. Uh, but, you know, the reality is that even though this might be my 46th year, the reality is I have not finished my race and neither have you. That's why you're listening. That's why you're a part of this service. You're still on the race. And so if I'm still in it, then I don't get at any point just to go, okay, now I just stop and I go up to the stands. We're all on the track. We're all in the race. Here's lesson number one. If you're going to run, Run with purpose. Run with purpose. The Olympics are about to kick off. You're going to watch lots of people at the start of races. 
uh, a young man that I know has been selected in the Australian swim squad. And so he'll be standing on the blocks, getting ready for his race. But you know, he's not going to get distracted. He won't be standing up there wondering who's watching. He'll be just there with complete focus, waiting for the sound of the starter's gun so that he can begin his race. Watch the people as they line up in the 100 metre, the 200 metre, whatever race it might be. Every one of them has got but one thought in mind and that is that I'm here in a race and I'm focused on everything that I'm here for. They're running with purpose. Let me ask you a question, so pertinent right now. In this world we're in, are you running the race with purpose or are you letting yourself get distracted by he said, she said they're talking about whatever's going on around the planet. I have never known a time in my whole 46 years where so many Christians are caught up with things other than the race and other than the purpose of God. Are you running the race with purpose or are you letting yourself get sidetracked by who in the crowd has got this to say? whatever's going on, what's happening round about, the noise of others. I've watched people who uh, have started a race and something went awry and they just kept on running. They were so focused, they were oblivious to whatever hubbub was going on somewhere or other else. That's the way I want to run my race. I want to run it so well and run it with purpose. Here's number two. Second thing is run with confidence. Run with confidence. How would it be if you got to the Olympics going, oh, I don't even know why I'm here. I don't think I'm that good. I've never heard an athlete get interviewed and they go, oh, look, I'm, look, really, I'm no good. I don't know how I got here. You know, we laugh in Australia about the guy, what was his name, the, the, the skater, Bradbury. Stephen, thank you. Pastor Rhonda, see, she's all over the Olympics. Just watch, she'll be just watching everything. Stephen Bradbury, and people laugh about this guy. He got a gold medal in Australia, uh, you know, and no one expected him to win. But I'll tell you what, he was in the race with confidence. That's the deal. He's in there. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6 should fill every Christian with confidence. He that has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. If anybody ought to be confident about the race of life, it ought to be a believer. It ought to be somebody who says, you know what? It doesn't matter what it looks like right now. It doesn't matter whether that person over there is doing this or that one over there is doing that. Do a Stephen Bradbury on the devil. Amen. When everybody else falls, you keep skating. Come on, that deserved a better amen. That was a powerful point right there. That was a, do a Stephen Bradbury on the devil. Amen. I think that'll become a, something on social media. Really, seriously, what did Stephen Bradbury have to do? He had to train. He had to get ready. He had to be there with purpose. And all he had to do was when everybody else failed, when everybody else fell, he kept running. You know, I've been around long enough to have seen a lot of Christians fail. A lot of leaders fall. A lot of people not run the race well. And if you were to ask me, what's your best bit of advice when you're in that kind of a situation where someone that's a hero or someone you've looked up to maybe stumbles, what do you do? I'll tell you what you do. You just keep on running. 
You just do a Stephen Bradbury on the devil. In Jesus' name. Amen. So run with confidence. Here's number three. Number three is run with preparation. Verse 26, the Apostle Paul said, I'm training, I'm looking after myself. I'm, I'm making sure I'm ready for the race. Nobody at the Olympics will just turn up. No one at the Olympics is just going to go, well, what time is that? Oh, well, I may as well be there. They are going to absolutely be training and getting themselves ready. If you show me your preparation, I will show you your destination. If you show me what you're preparing, I watch people. I'm a student of people. And I watch people preparing for a life of, of smallness. And, and you say, what do you mean by that? Well, they criticise everything that's going on. They allow the emotions of everybody else around about them. They're a, they're a thermometer, not a thermostat. They just run with whatever the temperature is. If they're with the hot crowd, they're hot. With the, with the cold crowd, they're cold. And I watch people like that and I go, you're preparing yourself for a life of mediocrity. You're preparing. Show me your preparation. I'll tell you what your destination is. Here's number four. Run with patience. Run with patience. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says run with patience. You ever watch somebody at the start and they burn all their energy and everything they got watching somebody race past them and the, the panic of I've got to hurry up, I've got to be there where somebody else is? Who are you letting determine this tempo of your race? Are, are you letting the coach, the Holy Spirit, are you letting him say to you what he wants to say? In a couple of Sunday nights I'm going to be interviewing uh, Nathan Ronson, one of our great young uh, people in our church uh, about a time in his work when he felt the Lord say, don't go, stay where you are. It was a powerful story. And uh, I'm going to be asking him just a few questions as a part of the message that night about that time when he let the Holy Spirit dictate tempo to him. Are you running with patience or are you letting panic drive you? Are you letting comparison, what other people are up to, drive you? Run with patience. Here's number five. Fifthly, run with others who want to win. When I was uh, preparing this message, I first of all wrote down run with others. And then I realised that that was really not at all what you want to do. Because you don't want to run with people who just want to walk. You don't want to run with the weekend jogger if you want to make the Olympics. I'll never forget hearing um, uh, Matt Shervington represented Australia in the 100 metres. I'll never forget Matt Shervington being interviewed and they said, you know, what's your expectation in the race? Well, you know, if he'd been, oh, I don't know, super... I don't know, confident. He might have said, well, you know, there's a chance I'd win. But you know what he said? I never forgot it. He said this, I I'm hoping to place in the top five. I remember watching this and thinking, top five after all this? But then he added on this powerful statement because the interviewer must have thought what I thought. Why would you do all this if you don't think you can meddle? Why would you do all this if you're not sure that you could win? He said this, when they said, why are you here? He said, only by running against people faster than me can I ever reach my potential. What a 
powerful insight that is for everyone's life. Are you running against people or with people that are faster than you? Or have you surrounded yourself with people that make you feel superior? Amen? I have learned that inadequacy is all it is, is a sign that I'm with the right people in my life. Feeling inadequate doesn't mean anything except that I've got people around about me who are better than me. Maybe not at everything, but some things they definitely are. And I can feel inadequate. And if I'm unwise, I remove myself from that circumstance, from that environment, because I want to feel good. Amen. We are so indoctrinated with feeling good rather than becoming good. Amen. We're so indoctrinated with, oh, I want to just, I want to just be happy rather than saying, no, I want to be strong. Amen. Run with others in your life who want to win. If you run with tortoises, you might feel better. But if you'll run with the hares, you'll get better. Champions get better by running with the best, don't they? I'll never forget meeting uh, T.D. Jakes. T.D. Jakes, if you've never heard of him, the Lord have mercy. The man, he is a preaching. I think he could read the recipe book and I'd get inspired. I'll never forget meeting him. Uh, once at a, at a conference and it was just him and I and, and uh, someone who was with him and I walked up to him and I said, Sir, some of you are going to think this is terrible. But I still look back and go, thank God. I said, sir, I now know how the bricklayer felt when he met Michelangelo. He looked at me and said, oh, shucks. But you know what? If you want to become better, hang around people that are better than you. If you are always the best in every circle you're in, you need a bigger circle. Amen. Number six, sixth lesson out of Paul's called and chosen life is run past failures and disappointment. Let me introduce to you tonight someone you all know and love. Here she is, none other than Nikki Blaine slash Johnson. <laughs> yeah. uh, which one are you tonight, Nikki Blaine? I'm uh, Nikki Johnson. You're Nikki Johnson. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Nikki is uh, a professional ballet dancer. She's a demi-soloist and, and obviously very good at what she did. And, you know, look at her there. She is just a picture of athletic prowess. <laughs> Thank you. Well, hey, seriously, though, ballet, I've been enough. I've watched you and others uh, dance off enough, and I'm just I'm seriously going, you are athletes. Yep. You are not artists. You're athletes. So. You're both, yeah. It's beautiful, but it's also, I can go, you do all that smiling the entire time. Yes. And then at the whole thing when I would be over in the, uh, over in the corner gasping, saying, who's got the oxygen? You're there going. Yeah, just like that. So let me just ask you a question because, you know, I know you've had a pretty blessed life and therefore a blessed life is an easy life. And, you know, you've just sailed on through and it's just been one promotion after another, one good thing, one praise, one applause, all these people saying, oh, you're so amazing. I just wanted to ask you, have you ever had any injuries? 
When you, asked, when you asked me this, I had to write them down and I've never done this and so now I've looked at them all. Okay. <laughs> Shall I read them out? Please tell us. I'm interested. To get to where you are, not even at the pinnacle. Not yet, no. <laughs> however, at least higher up than base camp. Yes. So Still climbing. <laughs> because we've got to run past failures and disappointment. Yep. Over to you. So I've had a fractured fibula, a fractured talus, a hernia, a sublux shoulder, a dislocated knee, a concussion, a sprained back, a sprained wrist, two torn ankle ligaments, a broken nose, multiple sprained ribs, a strained adductor, plantar fasciitis, and Achilles tendonitis. How many people want to be a champion now? <laughs> huh? Listen to that list. But on top of that, that's not just the physical. Tell us a little bit about how you were in Canada, weren't you? Yes, Canada. You're in Canada and then your whole career is just, yes. you know, rolling out in front of you. You know, here I am. My dreams are coming. I'm overseas doing my dream. Yeah. So I was, um, it was my first job out of school, ballet school. Um, I was a, an apprentice, they're called. And I got to my final interview at the end of the year. And I sort of thought that this was going to be my entire career. I mean, being this amazing big company in Toronto. And the director sat in front of me and said, we don't have a contract for you next year. You're going to have to find somewhere else to go. And I was like, on the other side of the world, nowhere to go. Um, and then I found my way back to West Australian Ballet. <laughs> I'm imagining that there's been criticism along the way. Oh, yes. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I think before I got my first job, I had 39 um, failed auditions. Could you just say that again? How many? 39. Say that again. 39 auditions all over the world before someone gave my first job. See, I think there's uh, some great lessons in all of And congratulations again on being promoted to Denny's. Thank Soul, you. Oh, I know maybe if people don't understand, but when you hear the journey, yeah. 39 failed auditions, all those injuries and everything else. By the way, how do you get a broken nose in ballet? Oh, that's actually a really funny story. I was oh. running on stage um, and there was another dancer and she was stepping up and she smacked me across the face with full force as I was running as fast as I could. Right. Was she your rival? She was after your job? No, but I had to keep going. I had to do the rest of the show as well. And I, my, I had black nose at the end of the show. And afterwards, they said, I think we should. And that was actually, oh, no, that wasn't the concussion. But I had to go and have a, uh, a, an X-ray right after the show. Anyway. Well, congratulations <laughs> on persisting. <laughs> and maybe one night we'll get you just to share a little bit about the power of persistence in your life. Because after all that stuff whether it's emotional, whether it's criticism from outside, whether it's injuries that I don't imagine you'd kind of, you caused them, they just happened. Yeah, a lot of accidents, yeah. And all that stuff that goes on, but you've learned to run past your failures mm -hmm. and run past your disappointments. Let me ask you, whether was there ever moments where you asked yourself, is it all worth it? Yes and no. I always, I just know that... I know that God wanted me to dance and I don't, I don't, maybe couldn't put into words why, but I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Wow. So I never really had a moment of, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this, but it's definitely the injuries, like the criticism, stuff like that. It's hard to keep focused on 
the long journey rather than right, what's right in front of you. I always find if I get injured, I'm always thinking about, oh, but tomorrow's show. But you can't really think about that. You've got to think about your entire career and wow. your whole life rather than... The long view. Yeah, yeah. You're running for the tape at the end of the race, as it were. Yeah. Yeah, well done. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you. Give her a big hand. Hey, what an amazing story. I don't know what your failures or disappointments might be in your life. What are the things right now that you are maybe just going, you know what, I'm not even sure it's worth it. But if you keep on running past failure and disappointment, there is a prize at the end. Here's number seven. Seventh one is to run with endurance. There's no point having a great start if you get distracted or discouraged in the next lap. You know, you wouldn't be hearing the story. We wouldn't be interviewing Nikki. If somewhere along the way she had allowed endurance to slip out of her grasp and just to say, you know what, uh, why bother? I'm going to let it go. And there are people here in this service tonight and you're where you are because you never quit. And I applaud you. I know people here who maybe you failed the first year at university. Maybe you never got the place you wanted. Maybe the first job opportunity you went for you never got. Maybe you can look back and see things like that and say, you know, I, I never was successful there, but you kept on enduring to where you are now. Well done to every one of you. Run with endurance. Here's number eight. Eighthly, eighth lesson is run for the prize. Do you know the Bible says that there's a prize for believers? The Bible talks about a crown of righteousness that awaits not only the Apostle Paul who was writing about it in Second Timothy chapter 4, but for all those that love his appearing. In other words, there's a prize waiting for you. God is not just going to take you to heaven. The Bible talks about the glory of sun, moon and stars and actually says that for every single one of us. God's got something prepared as a reward for us. Here's number nine. Just a couple more. Number nine, run with temperance. Now, temperance is not a word that gets used very much anymore. But what temperance simply means is this. It means moderation. It means I could, but I choose not to. I'll never forget going out with uh, Luke and Nikki uh, for dinner once. And, uh, and I was surprised that perhaps, you know, what, uh, Nikki ordered because the next day there was a skinfold test, I believe. I remember talking to a rugby league and NRL player who told me all that his diet required of him, what he couldn't eat. And I'm there tucking into whatever I want. And here is this athlete saying, no, for the sake of my, uh, my journey, my, my competition, I limit myself to this. Again, are you saying no to some things maybe that you'd want to say yes to? Romans chapter 14, I've never heard anybody ever preach on it, but I think it's such a powerful, powerful chapter. It basically says this. It says there's a whole lot of things you could get away with as a Christian, but if you're wise, you'll say I'm here for the race. Amen. Here's number 10, 10th one, run your race. If you're going to run the race, run yours. Thank God I'm not here to run your race and you're not here to run mine. There may be some things that I might choose and say because of the call of God on my life, I, I'm going to run like this. Maybe you're going to join me in those things. Maybe you won't. That's all right. Make sure you run your race well. Again, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, 
verse 7, Paul says, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. And finally, there's laid up for me that crown of righteousness, which we spoke about. You've got to run your race. Here's number 11, last one. Number 11, run to please the coach, not the critics or the crowd. The team would like to come, please. Let me finish by saying this. The crowd wants to be around Jesus, but they don't want to press through the crowd to touch Jesus. The crowd wants to listen to Jesus, but they don't want to follow Jesus. The crowd wants the miracles of Jesus, but they don't want the lifestyle of Jesus. The crowd wants the blessings of Jesus, but they don't want to live out the purpose of Jesus. If you and I are going to run the race to win, we've got to be listening to the coach. We've got to be allowing him to direct our steps. We've got to be saying, Lord, I'm here for you. I, I know of nothing more powerful than that every Christian begin with the yes and then continue with the yes every day. I don't believe in moments years and years apart. There may be some of those profound times when God will impact you in such a way that you'll just weep in front of him. You say, God, I'm giving you my life. But can I say to you, he wants that every single day. Lula, the lady who leads our second generation connect group there and uh, amongst the Albanians. Why did she go 400 kilometres on a train ride? That's 400 k's one way. Well, I know why. It's because she said, I really felt to go that God wanted me to go. Oh, I think what a wonderful... What a wonderful life of believing. A couple of other people because she surrounded herself with people that also want to run to win. And they said, we want to go with you. And then the fruit of that is this man, 80 plus, lifting his hand and saying, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. His son sitting there in the wheelchair beside him, holding his Bible and praying with his own dad and seeing his father's eternity be sealed for eternity. And I think, wow, what a beautiful thing it is to say yes. Can I say, if you are saying yes to Jesus in your life, good on you. Well done. Oh, this church is filled with people that just keep saying yes every week. Keep saying yes to God. Keep saying, Jesus, I'm giving you my life again. I want you to do something with it. I want to run to win. I don't want to run just so I can say I saw the course. I'm running, Lord, so that I can win this race. Some of you have never started. Tonight, as it were, Jesus is saying, would you come out of the stands? Would you step out of the crowd? I want you to get in the race. I've got something for you to run for. I want to give you your space, your lane to run in. I've got a prize of waiting to give you at the end of this race. And if you will say your yes and step out of the stands, come out of the crowd, then Jesus will be waiting there with the starter's gun saying, well done. Welcome to the race.
Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for every person that's a part of this service. Thank you for those, Lord, that right now, wherever they are, and whatever time zone they're in, and whatever day of the week it is that they're a part of this service, they're saying, Jesus, I'm coming out of the crowd. I want to be in the race. I'm saying my yes to you. Thank you too, Lord, for those that have been in the race a long time and they're still saying yes to the coach. I pray, God, that for each group, they'll hear the well done of heaven's witnesses. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you are saying your yes to Christ, I know that on Metro Church Online, it's coming up for you right now. It'll be popping up there where you can just simply say yes. I see it here. Do you want to say yes to Jesus? If you'll just click on that yes button, it'll take you to the place where you can just simply give us your email address. We don't spam people. <clears throat> Pardon me. We don't write and ask you for anything. Never have and we won't. We want to help you. We want to give you something. We want to give you the tools to be able to follow Christ. We want to encourage you in your relationship on a daily basis. So what we'll do if you go to there or you go to yes.metrochurch.org.au or if you're in Australia, you go to 488 and give your yes. Whichever one of those three ways you do it, we'll send you a Bible verse every day for 30 days, a different one. We'll send you a prayer, a different one, every day for 30 days. Those two simple things will help you get started with God. And God bless you as you do. God bless you as you do.